0: We are back, Clean Thought, episode number 11. And uh, last week we talked about being born of the water, which is baptism. And uh, this week we're talking about being born of the Spirit, or rather being born again of the Spirit. Nad, do you have something you want to start with?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, well, actually this being born of the Spirit was something that, Before getting to know Pentecostalism, before getting to know Oneness Movement, I never ever heard anything about it. Like not to no mentions in anywhere, not nowhere as an actual term. So it was a big question for me, and it was a huge turning point because you know as an atheist back then i was thinking like okay you can bring every argument to me but i believe that if there is a truth the truth ha- should manifest so if we are talking about faith and god and connection we should see an absolute manifestation of that or a spiritual word absolute manifestation of that in the reality we need to see effects of their existence in reality somehow. And when the they, when I got to got familiar about the being born of the spirit, the baptism of the spirit back then is was it was how I was introduced to it. It blew my mind because it was exactly like okay yeah <laughs> it's a challenge <laughs> I accepted. We will give you a manifestation. Wow <laughs> that was that's how i i saw it first time which is very fantastic for me
0: not many people think like you do though like with that whole mindset of if the spirit is real if god is real then there will be a manifestation that i will see today <laughs>
1: yeah that, that, because that's how, like you know, we are talking about the everlasting God, everlasting spiritual realm, everlasting, and there we are talking about the realities. They are actually true. So, therefore, it's very simple. If they are true, you need to see. You need to see how they're true. There need to be a difference between them existing and them not existing. You know, mm-hmm. and like the wa- baptism of the Holy Ghost it was it was the cue point for me it was the turning point yeah this is it
0: so you were baptized you said and then you gave up you gave up drinking alcohol all sm- smoking you put it down you stopped yes sir. and then when did you receive the holy ghost
1: uh, one month before my baptism <laughs>
0: Oh, okay. So you received that before. Wow. That
1: was the reason. Like that was why I accept I agreed. I, I wanted to get baptized because I received baptism of the Holy Ghost. For me, it was that it was the evidence that I couldn't deny. There was nothing I could refuse about it. It was, It happened for me.
0: Right. And you. You said you when you received the Holy Ghost, you were like fasting for like several days. Yes. And you were just kind of searching like you said for a manifestation like god show yourself to me (laughs) right yeah yeah
1: (laughs) i said like it it was like it is the final call i i will go on a fast for this amount of days and by the end of this i need to see a manifestation like this this is now or never you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's not a very healthy attitude though now that i'm thinking about it but yeah
0: (laughs) to demand god to do something <laughs> yeah,
1: but he was kind enough to well, laugh it off and go ahead.
0: yeah there you go <laughs> i think god you got to wonder how does he deal with all these personalities you know all these different people but he's omniscient or all knowing he knows everything so I'm, uh he knows us he knows our thoughts he knows the intents of our heart uh, maybe he could just see Hey, I'm gonna, this guy is going to do great things for me, right?
1: The more it goes on, the more I'm, I feel embarrassed telling this story to people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's better than my story. I mean, first time I got the Holy Ghost, I was 10 years old. So I guess it's more of a sweet story if you're a parent. You know, I was 10 years old. My brother and my, I call him my brother, my other brother from another mother, uh they got the holy ghost together in this great revival service with this amazing preacher who was one of our favorite preachers when we were kids and uh the guy he still preaches he's a really awesome preacher Uh, his name's brother bennett and he's from texas and uh anyway he preached a revival and they got the holy ghost and i thought man why did i get the holy ghost this ain't fair and uh, I remember I got the Holy Ghost on a regular Wednesday night. My pastor at the time was Billy Stanley, and he was preaching. I don't remember what he preached. I'm 10 you know, ten years old. Who's going to remember? Uh, but I always tell the story like it was on a regular Wednesday night, Bible study night. It was boring. There wasn't a whole lot going on. <laughs> but my pastor says, hey, who wants to receive the Holy Ghost tonight? And I raised my hand, and uh, I turned around uh, to the f- walk to the front, and he prayed for me, and other people were praying for me, and in less than three minutes I was speaking in tongues, and he was so excited, he was, put pushing his hand on my head, and he was so excited, he was pushing me down, almost I was leaning backwards, trying to hold myself up, and. Everybody was so excited, but I love that because it was a regular Wednesday night. I tell people all the time you don't it don't have to be a conference it don't have to be an amazing revival service. It could be a regular Bible study type thing. It could be in your house and you can receive the Holy Ghost.
1: My mom received Holy Ghost in our house,
0: your mom she, did
1: yeah yeah like, ah. and not even the service like. <laughs>
0: There you go. <laughs> the bishop
1: came to visit. She asked for prayer, and like during the prayer, she received the Holy Ghost. Like that was a.
0: Did she get it before you? No. Oh wow! But you it's came. Awesome. Ar- you came around, wondering what these people are doing to my mom. Yeah. Yeah. And she hadn't had it. Received the Holy Ghost yet? Huh?
1: No. Uh, I re- that was kind of like I don't know. I think I was the burden on my family's mind kind of blocking everything but after i got baptized and i changed like it the whole thing just blossomed you know
0: that's incredible so you're the oldest right yes okay yeah that's incredible that's god is so good merciful god had this question that many people asked before about the Holy Ghost because well let's talk about the other side <laughs> the other religions that we like to offend if they even listen but one, maybe one day they will but the, the uh, for these Baptists we'll just call them Baptists even Trinitarians some we call Charismatics but the churches that uh They don't preach that you need to receive the Holy Ghost. They say that it's a gift. It's a gift of the Spirit. It's not uh, something necessary for salvation. What would you say to these people?
1: Well, first of all, even if what they're saying is true, imagine that they're saying what they're saying is right. Like, you don't need it. Based on what I've experienced, I believe that they are cutting people off from a big chunk of Christianity experience, Christianity way of life, you know. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I like I have seen a lot of people being Christian far longer than me. I have I have tried to be moral person. I did fasting prayer before I received the baptism, before I received the Holy Ghost. But the whole thing was incomparable to after I received it like the the whole movement, the whole change the whole the the feeling of the presence of the Lord at the very moment is something far different than what what I had before that. So at the very least you are you are being lukewarm wow if you don't want to go to that extent. Even if what they're saying is true, but biblically speaking,
0: you offended me by saying I'm lukewarm. <laughs> not receiving holy ghost <laughs>
1: lukewarm. <laughs> anyway, continue. Well, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but I don't lukewarm. Is the the phrase is right? Like not. Yeah. It's a warm water. Yeah.
0: You're in the middle. You're kinda there, but you're not.
1: <laughs> not 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 going all the way in, right? Yeah, backing off, and that's exactly like uh, right after the apostles received the Holy Ghost. The first names that are right after the Acts two thirty eight Acts two generally, yeah. The we talk about Barnabas who sold everything and. Is the next person that the name comes up, the bono who sold everything and brought the money to the church. Then we talk about two people, a husband and a wife, who they came in, but they didn't come all the way in. They sold their stuff, but they kept some of the money and they hid it from the church.
0: Yeah, Ananias and, and Sapphira.
1: Yeah, that, that's it. The, the names are. <laughs> Don't come to me. They didn't it's okay. Come
0: to me. Yeah, Acts chapter 5. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. But it, this is exactly what they did. Yeah, they came in, they brought their money, but they didn't want to come all the way in. Yeah. That's the same attitude. Yeah, it is. You know what I mean? They wanted to keep some of the old with them, some of the, the money, reputation, whatever. And yet again, when the, this is what we get from the story and from the actual verses. The whole thing is given as a package. Like, Jesus doesn't say that I will go so then you can have water baptism. He says, I need to go then you can have the, those comforter. Yes. Yeah, I, I will go so that you can have the Father with you so I can be with you. It, but if we only limit things to water baptism, like baptism by water, then apostles were doing before doing the same thing baptizing people before cross yeah then what did cross do
0: right exactly that's a good point they're baptizing before the cross so jesus did all of this for what just for you to say a phrase that someone made up i confess exactly. that jesus is my lord and savior hey welcome to the welcome to the brotherhood <laughs> here's your certificate <laughs> good job <laughs> uh, no I mean I, I, yeah I, like Jesus saying I am the resurrection and the life and then he says I am with you he's talking to the disciples but then he says but I shall be in you well how is that more powerful than being with Jesus I would just like I'm you know I'm just asking how is that more powerful if if you're with Jesus, and Jesus is here in the flesh, but he tells them, you're going to do greater things than me, than me in my name. You will cast out devils. In my name, you will speak with new tongues. In my name, you will take up serpents and they will not harm you. You will drink deadly things and it will not kill you. In my name, you will do these powerful things, signs and wonders. But how is it more powerful to have Jesus in you than with you? Because it does seem like, I mean, all of us are envious of the disciples. Like, we wish we could have lived in that day. We wish we could be with Jesus, walking with Jesus, eating with Jesus, going to houses with Jesus. That would be amazing. But Jesus went to the cross to accomplish something, right? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. He said, I'm going to send my comforter in my name. Go tarry in Jerusalem until the promise of the Father comes. And, uh, we, you know, I know we know these scriptures, but bringing them out to the Baptists, the Trinitarian, the Catholic, all the people, uh, even the Muslim, the the Mormons, uh, the Jehovah Witnesses, all these people that have just a small taste of religion but don't really have... Uh, A full grasp of what it, what could be, you know, in living in the kingdom of God. Uh, They only have a small taste. A good example, my mom was raised Catholic.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, she was, uh, my, my grandmother died a devout Catholic. Said all the Hail Marys. You know, if you sin, you go confess to a priest and they tell you, save 27 Hail Marys. And so you just say Hail Mary 27 times and uh, your sins are removed. <laughs> and uh, where do they get this stuff anyway?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I have some guesses, but not not the real conclusion there.
0: Right. My, my mom uh, was raised Catholic, so she went to like well back then they called him charismatic church but she went to this revival this some sort of crusade thing and she lived while she lived in michigan and uh she fell out on the floor this preacher prayed for her she fell on the floor speaking in tongues and nobody knew what happened to her not even the preacher could tell they were all just like what happened to you she's like i don't know and uh she didn't even realize what she had And then later, she went to the military. While she was uh, in a Bible study in the military, they had this little Bible study group, this little chapel group, and they were teaching from the book of Acts. And she happened to find it, Acts chapter 2. And she said, that's what I received. And just to think, all those years that she was raised in church, probably went to Sunday school, probably was uh, going to church as a teenager, going to Mass, you know, they have these huge Saturday night Mass things, and Ash Wednesday, they have this, all these traditions. And all those times, she never knew that there was more. There was something more for her. You know, there was a, a spirit baptism for her, and it would change her entire life.
1: Which, kind of like uh, existence of spirit baptism, kind of like, it defies a lot of arguments on the atheist side. Oh, yeah. And the, it it kind of changes everything. I don't know why nobody was talking about When you're studying, studying the philosophical debates over time, something something that confuses me a lot is, oh, no, why nobody's talking about it? <laughs> I am studying a little bit, and I kind of know. I'm getting the hang of why no one was talking about it Yeah, because they were killed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they were persecuted. <laughs> yeah. What kind of like? Why? Why would you hold something against this? Yeah. That that is the thing that I don't understand. Why would be against this experience? Why would why would you be? against this huge, huge miracle that can that was happening on the mass back then.
0: Yeah. As some people are taught wrong. Like they're taught that, well, this Holy Ghost was for that day. It was for Acts chapter 2. It was for that moment in history. Uh, because so many people around Jerusalem needed to hear the gospel and so they started speaking in tongues, and they marveled, the Bible says, that they were speaking Greek, and they were speaking old dialects. They were speaking uh, languages that they understood, and they said, well, surely these people are drunk. And uh, then Peter says, hey, these are not drunk as you suppose. It's just the third hour of the day, but this is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel. And uh, how in the last days, saith God, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So they dismiss the day of Pentecost and say it was just for that moment in time. It's not for everyone. Spirit baptism is not for everyone. And they teach that when you are baptized and you um, confess that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. And remember, baptism is an option. You don't have to be. It's not required for salvation. (laughs) But if you want to be baptized, you can. But after you confess that Jesus is your Savior, you're saved. And now the Spirit is going to work in you to produce fruits of the Spirit. And these are the signs of the Spirit. So like love, joy, peace, patience, and long-suffering. All those fruits of the Spirit. This is their argument I've uh, de- debated I've debated a couple of people um, about this to no, to some of them there was no win, there was no getting to their getting through to them. but there was a couple that was they, it worked. it was good because um, uh, I don't like to debate, but but to the people that are wondering about you know, well not wondering, to the people that are confused the people that are confused and believing that this was just for a moment in time in history and that speaking in tongues is a gift of the spirit or it's like a it's like a a fruit of the spirit speaking in tongues is not a sign that you're saved it's just some people have this gift that's what they teach so getting through to these people is hard but there's a scripture i was thinking about earlier and i am um, i'm going to pull it up but it's 1 corinthians 14 and this is a, a very powerful portion of Scripture that I wish people would read the whole chapter. Again, I think I said yeah, this before. <laughs> Don't read once verse. But, you know, Paul says tongues will cease. And so they, they, they quote this Scripture often if they're going to debate you. They say, well, tongues will cease. And this is what Paul said. You, It would be better for you to speak English or speak English, speak your known language, speak whatever that known language is, you it would be better for you to speak words of understanding than to speak in tongues. You know, Paul says, I could speak in tongues more than any of you, but what does it profit if no one understands, right? Well, first, you know, to back up, you he's talking to the Corinthian church, who's already um, baptized and received the Holy Ghost. In that context, then, you kind of understand, but if you just read this whole chapter, you will understand what this gift of speaking in tongues actually is. Um, I'm going to see First Corinthians 14. I'm going to start at verse 18. He says, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet in the church, I had rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice, I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Brethren, do not be children in understanding, how be it in malice. Be you children, but in understanding be men. In the law it is written, With men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people. And yet for all that will, they not hear me, saith the Lord. Here he goes. This is where he explains tongues. Verse 22. Wherefore, and he's like, that word is like, because of all of this that I just said, tongues are for a sign not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying serves not for them that believe not, but for them that which believe. So he's saying <clears throat> that tongues is for a sign to the unbeliever that when they do not believe, after they speak in tongues, they will believe, which is your experience.
1: So want, yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. I just I maybe read this verse hundreds of times but this is the first time it actually clicked
0: yeah i um i taught a whole uh, couple of weeks three weeks about speaking in tongues and i went to this scripture <laughs> i said we're not going to go to the book of acts we're not going to go to uh john we're not going to go to the other scriptures in Mark. We're not going to do that. We're going to go right here to this 1 Corinthians 14 where everyone wants to debate against speaking in tongues. Because I was always so confused by it. Like, whoa, what do I say to this guy? Because he's saying tongues will cease. And this is what it says. But if you read this whole chapter, you understand. Paul explains tongues is for a sign to the unbeliever. It's not for the believer. But the prophecy... Is for the believer, and it's it again the gift of prophecy is for someone who believes. Why is that? Well, if you do not believe and you have no faith, how can you believe this guy that's prophesying to you is actually gonna? It's actually gonna come to pass. You'll just dismiss it if you don't believe. You'll you won't even listen to prophecy. <laughs> Tongues are for a sign, so uh, and of course this does not contradict with what happened in the book of Acts and many times in Scripture. Uh, but then you go continuing on to First Corinthians 15, then Paul says, I received the same gospel that I preached unto you. I received it. And the same gospel that you stand in, I received it. And he explains how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and He was buried, and He rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures. And He was seen of Peter, then of the Twelve. But uh, this whole chapter brought a lot of clarity for me, even, when I'm teaching about the Holy Ghost, is that this is not just a gift. It's the sign for a believer, or um, an unbeliever. It's a sign for the unbeliever and when they speak in tongues, they cross over into a new, a level of faith. Uh, they step, they step like you. They step into being born into the kingdom. Like this is a whole brand new thing now. Uh, it happened for my mom. It happened for my dad. It happened for me. But uh, another scripture I thought about was, of course, Acts chapter nineteen. And uh, I know you're probably familiar with this one, but. Uh, uh, this happened with Paul after he had received the gospel, and he was, uh, he was at Corinth, and he was talking to people who had already been baptized under John's baptism, and he asked, "Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed?" And then they said, "We haven't even heard that there be any Holy Ghost," and uh, they had no idea what he was talking about, but they understood baptism, and they understood because they had been John's disciples. But when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and then Paul laid his hands upon them. The Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And another portion of Scripture where it happened again the same way, where Paul laid hands on them to pray that they would receive the Holy Ghost, and they did. So, I don't know, to the Baptist. (sighs) To the Trinitarian again how can we keep dismissing these things and how can you just keep passing this over and saying no it's nothing this being born of the spirit is a powerful experience that you're depriving yourself of uh, you're only like you said lukewarm if you're only if you only confess and you only have this small experience in God you know <clears throat> yeah. I I feel for those people My dad was Church of Christ So that they believe in the Trinity They don't have music They preach against music In church Now, you, you familiar with Church of Christ?
1: I heard about it.
0: <laughs> So They can listen to all kinds of rap And ungodly music In their car, but at church We're not going to have any instruments Or music
1: hymns yeah yeah
0: we'll just sing out of the hymn book acapella no no music and so my dad was raised in church of christ so was my my dad's side of the family like i think i said before my granny was 77 years old when she received the holy ghost and when she was baptized in jesus name and she was church of christ And my dad was also Church of Christ. And this revival like swept through my whole dad's side of the family. And they all started coming in and getting the Holy Ghost and getting baptized. And so my dad goes, he was in the Marine Corps. And he left on leave, come back to Texas for a couple of weeks. And during that time, they were having revival service. And my dad received the Holy Ghost for the first time. Now, he also smoked and drank and he came back came back to the marines and he was sitting in his barracks and i hope i tell the story correctly but he's told me the story before he's sitting in his barracks and he's smoking a cigarette reading the bible and he threw the pack of cigarettes away because he kind of just came to himself like what am i doing threw the pack of cigarettes away and never smoked a cigarette again and uh has never smoked since so just a this is the power that comes with being born again.
1: Uh, it's a different thing. It's a it's a change that you cannot explain it by logic or science. I personally couldn't and and I'm a therapist, you know. <laughs> I I could I cannot explain to my coworkers and my old friend like how this happened. But it does.
0: Yeah. It's an amazing testimony to to share with people that you're close to, you know, like you're, you're like, hey, this this experience is real. This happened to me, and nobody gave me Kool Aid. You know, <laughs> there was nothing in the Kool Aid. That's what's a little joking joke that we have in America is like, oh, you know, we didn't put nothing in the Kool Aid. uh My mom went to a church that they tried to teach you how to speak in tongues. So they would give you syllables to say you know Holy so Lord. yeah there's some weird stuff out there um but the <laughs> the utterance is from the spirit you don't have to try to learn to speak in tongues
1: the, the, something that kind of amazes me like it is amusing for me is how different our words are like uh you had different experiences about Holy Ghost and I had never, ever heard of it. You know, like before. Yeah. Having, like, never heard about it and then you're talking about how different people do it. Blows my mind. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I believe... I believe that the Baptists, Trinitarians, all these other religions that are uh, not original christians i believe that the revival in the last day is going to come from them because just coming to church to do traditions is not going to be enough anymore somewhere it's just going to break um it's not going to be enough just doing the normal everyday traditional thing and living for god and just this very mundane lukewarm state it's not going to be enough anymore
1: we are getting like not just religiously. I, mean, I think that we are getting to a point that we cannot say lukewarm about anything. The separation is happening, and every day we get to the point that there is no middle ground left to play in. You know, <laughs> man, right now with everything that's happening,
0: yeah, yeah. You're either you're either with God or you're not. There's no. There is no middle ground to play in. That's uh, if you think about it. You know that scripture. He says, I'd sp- "I'll spew you out of my mouth, like you make me sick."
1: <laughs> the Lord said that. I, yeah. I didn't bring peace to the world. I brought sword. Right. Then, in the Bible, the sword is the symbol of separation. Like when they is the sword of the spirit, it doesn't say the sword of spirit destroys it says it separates bone from marrow,
0: yeah, that's right
1: so and continuing that I brought, this, I brought the sword and it will separate wow mother from son from sister from the other, and then father from son brother from brother, so I think that separation is on the way,
0: yes, yeah we are we are there. We're in the last days, but uh I'm excited about it. I am. I know it's kinda gets scary for some, but it I am. I'm excited about it. More and more people are gonna come to God. More and more people are gonna come to this truth, and I'm I'm excited about it. I'm ready. Amen. Amen. All right. Hey, if you're out there and you're tired of living your mediocre halfway Christian life <laughs> there's more for you <laughs> hey it's there in the it's in the Word of God it's not hidden from you Um, it's it's there for you the promise is for everyone it's not just for a few it's for everyone